Brick and Mortar Reporter, Episode 31. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. My name is Christy Hostler, and I'm your host today. And boy, have we got a treat for you. Today, my guest is Leslie McGraw. Now, Leslie is the owner of Let's Go Social Media Marketing, and it's a training company as well. She's a social entrepreneur, and she has expertise in content management and online community management. She has skills that can be invaluable to every local business owner, and we're all trying to get our arms around social media and the role it plays in our business. So I know we're going to be very, very helped by her topic today, which is a little bit about her business, but also social media. So she's going to show us how it's done. Leslie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hello. Well, to get us started, I've just given us a real brief overview of like a little bit about what your company is and what you do, but we kind of want to hear the story of you before we get into the story of your business. So tell us a little bit about your history, personally, uh, professionally, anything you think we need to know about you. My first identifier, which was at the age of nine, I decided I'm a writer. And at that age, I had the confidence to just claim it. <laughs> I'm a writer. And, uh, but it was much, much later before I actually, you know, became a professional writer. And mm-hmm. so um, one of the things that <clears throat> I came up against as a writer um, early on was that, so I self-published a book, I should tell you, in, oh, okay. in 2004, um, in my 20s. And one of the things that came up against is it was, you know, not a lot of information there. I wasn't, a lot of um, writing groups were kind of, uh, older groups, uh-huh. older people, it, you know, so I had no peers really to, you know, talk shop with, if you will, sure. the publishing um, aspect or any of the phases. So I self-published a book and it did okay, you know, um, uh, in the area, I did it all, nothing online. So oh, okay. open markets, all that, all that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> later, um, I did. I also did journalism, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of played with it. I tried a, a lot of different things. Um, so I've tried journalism and, and um, I've been a volunteer coordinator and event coordinator. But it wasn't until social media came on the scene that all the pieces started to connect. Oh. So um, it, it just, like, I, I needed social media to have been an... Uh, something available in 1999. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been helpful back then, huh? It's so helpful. Um, so <clears throat> I didn't get involved with social media because I'm just a pure techie, you know. I, I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taught computer classes before, and I understand how, you know, the computer work and the technology behind it. But my um, background and me is really a, um, a community girl. So I, I'm always involved in, you know, whatever's going on in the community. I like to go to, you know, fairs. I, I uh, 
helped with the Ann Arbor Summer Festival and I, oh yeah yeah so I've done that for three years I'm not going to do it this year but I'm going to you know um, volunteer coordinator for that mm-hmm. and, but my day job if you will has always been sort of admin sort of you know sitting down helping with databases Mm-hmm. project management support, that kind of thing, in the higher education. And one of the things that I learned from that field was there has to be so, a sort of a strategy uh-huh. and then allow your crea- creativity. Like So the strategy and the goals have to be in place or else your day-to-day, you know, it just doesn't work. So what I saw was a lot of people getting on social media and not necessarily having an overall strategy, like uh, like disconnected from from their business goals. Sure. And so <clears throat> I used a similar format uh, that I saw us use for project management, and so I actually use a lot of project management tools in my organization and um, <clears throat> I help people through, you know, every, every phase, like helping, you know, them understand the terminology and, and helping them do hands on um, learning so that they don't have to feel like, Oh, I have to hire somebody to do every little piece. Oh, sure. Yeah. That I'm there to, to help, to support, to assist, but I also can do it for you. But I, I, I my end goal is to make it so that, you know, you do whatever is best for your organization. Sure. Well, can you tell us a little bit about, specifically about your business, um, the Lesco Social Training, a social media and uh, training company, and kind of give us a little bit of an idea of what you actually do for small local businesses, which are many of the, the people that we have on the show um, as interviewees and the people we also have listening and kind of give us an idea of what you do for them. So <clears throat> I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and very small businesses. One of the, an, Another thing that I learned um, working with small businesses and medium-sized businesses was um, all of that, all these terms are set by the uh, Small Business Administration. So a small business, depending on what industry you're in, can be as many as 250 employees. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I don't, I focus on, like, um, businesses with, like, 10 or less employees. Okay. So very small businesses. And, and generally, they don't have, you know, the resources to have someone dedicated to just do social media or dedicated to right. even do marketing. Sure. For that matter. So I help, um, my strategy um, is a three-part um, process. And first, I get a chance to, to know the company or the entrepreneur, you know, about the business uh-huh. and help them um, see their short-term goals because I do everything, I do everything in, the, in 90 days. Oh, okay. Yeah, everything is 90 days because... If I say, you know, what are your plans for this year, sometimes it can be just too big of a chunk. Sure. So let's go. That The reason I even use let's go is an old pen name, but it's about increasing where you are now 
buy a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. resources. So I get a, you know, help them get a really good understanding of how, what resources they have, how much time they have, um, how many people they have, like a realistic um, uh, assessment. And then I take a, what I call a digital snapshot of their digital footprint. Oh, okay. And so it kind of relay that back to them. Like, you know, this is, this is what you have online. So everything you say, everything you don't say, everything you do, everything you don't do, what people say about you, all of that is part of your digital footprint. Okay. And so I've helped small businesses do things like, um, <clears throat> some of it is that some I helped a couple um, small businesses just with the customer service aspect of, you know, people were online and, and feeling like they didn't know how to contact, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, without having to call. You know, you think about it. Uh. You're on a, you know, on a cell phone. You don't have that immediacy. That's why having a page online makes people feel heard. You know, makes them feel more connected, like they can reach you. Um, sure. Also, um, uh, letting them know what people or, or what it seems like um, they do according to what's online. So, most people or most businesses, entrepreneurs, even writers, when I share with them what's online, like what comes up under their results, what comes up. Uh-huh. You know, with different searches, they they can't believe. <laughs> yeah, so you're actually trying to show them what they look like to a consumer that's never really been exposed to them before through their online Absolutely. interactions. Absolutely. Okay. So is that eye opening for most of them whenever is. they see that? Yes, it is. That is, and what's funny is that was not. My original goal is that would be the major piece of my business, uh-huh. become the most used product because people see, okay, this is what I want. I wish you could see me, you know, saying so point, I, I want point P or Q. And I, yeah. okay, this is what you have right now. And it's a lot of times, it's not people that don't have anything online. It's just that they're, their online presence is taking them in a totally different direction than from where they want to be. Right. And Interesting. Kind of Interesting starting point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Why do you feel like it's important for businesses, and especially small local businesses, to have a social media presence? <clears throat> so... I have, I won't put out my <laughs> social justice um, views out there, but I have a, a, um, a lot of views about social justice and uh, community uh, mm-hmm. participatory research and uh, community involvement of uh-huh. members and not excluding members of the community. And I have a model in my mind um, that's mirrored after the triple bottom line uh-huh. example with you know they use in triple bottom line I don't know if you've read the book um, 
I have not it, read that one yet. So it's, it's based upon a town, Hershey, mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, where... Sure. Yeah, so where the um, <clears throat> it's set up so that the business, everyone, you know, is given, you know, given a job through this business or at least have the opportunity. So it creates all these jobs for people, gives them a decent wage, and then those people give back to the community and it, uh-huh. you know, the community builds. So local and small um, businesses tend to put money back in the community. Absolutely. So back in my life as a volunteer, um, helping create events, when I would go and, and solicit donations for events, for instance, big corporations, chain stores, franchises, it's generally a long process or not a process at all to get, you know, much mm-hmm. help or um, support. Whereas if I go to, like, the local pharmacy or, you know, a family-owned restaurant, mm-hmm. hey, well, you know what? You know, I had one one man, um, Foz, it's a place called Hello Foz, uh-huh. the place. He died, but the business is still here. But when he was alive, you know, he said, well, you know, I can't give a donation, but, you know, in money, but I can give two pizzas. Oh, okay. You know, so that kind of community co- collaboration, not only, it's, it's not just the pizzas, him coming to the event um, created a um, an open dialogue between two groups. Sure. You know, two groups of people that may not have come together. You know, so I've just seen so many um, positive things come from local businesses. Unfortunately. Yeah, you know, with the recession and that, yes, they're just getting crushed by you know the bigger businesses. And I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to get on a political um, mountaintop and talk about the, you know, the Sam Waltons and all that. I won't. Right. <laughs> but so, well, mm-hmm. well, I was just gonna say. I mean, I think we realize that it is it would be very difficult to live in our society today and be a completely local purist in other words we would have to do without a lot of modern conveniences in order to do that but there is a certain percentage of our income or our expenditures that are going to go out to consumption and we are going to consume things that many times can be purchased locally and if we have that choice to purchase locally that's what we want to promote that that first option is always to look and see how can i get it local and local doesn't mean local big box store in your city it means a local independent business owner and then after that for all the things that you can't get locally, then you're deciding where else you're going to. So it's conscious consumption versus um, just not paying attention to anything. So we understand that those big box stores and even those big you know, online retailers have their place, but the local business owner does too, and it's to build to help build community. And without the social media presence, though, unfortunately, that doesn't always occur. Mm-hmm. I live in a in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is a very transit community. For instance, uh-huh. so like I went to a mayor uh, town hall, and I don't remember the exact statistic, but the the amount has increased every year for five the last five years of people coming into the city. Mm-hmm. People are leaving, more people are coming in. When when 
the general way that people um, unite or understand where to go and and where to find things is online. Sure. So when I when I'm when I come to a new city, I want to know where the hairstylist is and the yes, you know, I want to know where can I get my shoe fixed because my heel just broke. And, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Real, real everyday problems, truly. <laughs> truly. And so, <clears throat> unfortunately, these small and local businesses are just not having a digital footprint. Mm-hmm. They're not showing up. And so um, they're missing a, a, a great deal of business. Sure. It's kind of hard to believe that in this day and age, there are still businesses, and I know you probably see it more so in the the target market that you have of the you know zero to ten employees that many of those businesses don't even have a website oh, yet yeah. and it's it is shocking that you can actually function, especially whenever the cost of websites web hosting, and even you know with WordPress and other things making it so much easier than it used to be. To get a website set up, it is shocking that not everyone has jumped on that bandwagon and gotten their web presence yet. Right. So what I um, <clears throat> have suggested to local businesses, and, and one who I've had a partnership with, but he's not actually a client, is a mm-hmm. local bookstore. Um, they use social media until they get their website done. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's, I've seen that's that. one thing. um that I would suggest for like a newer business or even a business sure. that doesn't have a website, you just can't have nothing. Like you- <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I've I've talked to several business owners, even on these uh, podcast interviews that I do, where their main thing is their Facebook page, and and that's absolutely fine and good because when they do add their website, you know they've already got the social media presence, and so it'll just be you know they'll already have that done. But it is shocking that not everyone has gone the website route yet. And a Facebook page, and what I would even suggest on top of that is a Google Plus page. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, let me ask you this. What do you think, when, whenever you see businesses that don't have a really robust digital footprint, what are you seeing the biggest obstacles for them getting on board with that? Or what are they facing that's keeping them from getting that in line? What do I see or what do they say? What do, well, both. Tell us the <laughs> dichotomy between what, what, the, what they think is going on and what you think is going on. So <clears throat> I hear, you know, technology, money, you know, like, so technology when I say, um, oh, well, they don't know there's a technology curve. Like people don't know yeah. how uh-huh. to use, don't know where to go, you know, don't know how it works. Um, the second one is time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we have so much to do, there's just no time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, or money, you know. So a lot of resources. That And those are real. I mean, it's, so, yes. I mean, I, I'm a, hey, I'm a, I'm a newer business and I, um, <clears throat> The resource issue is real, mm-hmm. but the biggest thing that I see, and it's I would say across the board, is commitment. Okay, go. Can you expound on that? So, 
this may seem weird and this is the writer in me but i i think about it um i i tend to use the parenting analogy for a lot uh-huh. but um if you have two families and one has one parent and three kids and the other one has two parents and one child uh-huh. so the one parent with the three kids has less resources right Right. But those children can still end up with the same outcome and the same love and everything because there's a commitment made to those three kids by that mother or that father. Mm-hmm. Right. And and over another side with the two parents, you know, they have just the one. So they're able maybe to give more money or maybe mm-hmm. time. But at the end of the day, they're still given the same level quality of parenting because they've committed to that child mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> when um, a lot of organizations they have especially smaller organizations they have a commitment that's driven by you know making quality food or or their commitment you know or, or making sure that it's a lean process uh-huh. so, so it's, it's very operational and so Social media, because they did not understand it, is just seen as sort of, that's something I'll do when I have time. Mm-hmm. It's just not seen with the same um, importance. Uh-huh. Is it kind of, you feel like it's almost like they feel like it's optional? Yeah. Like, my business can function without it, and it would be nice to have, but I really don't have any resources to generate, uh, dedicate to it right now. Absolutely. And so, it's, it's you know, no one's taking ownership of it. No one's really committed to it, so it's like... If we have, you know, we have extra money for a couple months, let's try it out. Right. You know, oh, I didn't see, (laughs) you know, I didn't see any, um, any new lead and I tried it for three months. So social media isn't working. Yes. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't work like that, though. It's got to be a longer, longer commitment. I mean, you can't. Like using the parenting analogy, you don't quit raising your kids after three months. You know, <laughs> I tried it and it didn't work. Send them back. So, um, it, yeah, I can I can imagine though for many business owners that the the fact that that they don't completely understand number one what social media can do for their business, mm-hmm. and at the same time they really don't understand how it works and, and how you're actually kind of building an online community and your your goal is besides just getting customers, your goal is getting customer engagement mm-hmm. that I think it's just a bigger barrier to entry because there's that education process that has to go on with those business owners mm-hmm. before they can even get bought into it. Right. So. So, the, so, the, um, so I would say the clients I've had the best or the most success with are ones that are not coming to me for me to sell them on social media. Mm-hmm. They already know they need it. They just need to, they're already committed. Like, okay, this is something we need to do. So then they come to me and I can provide the training. I can provide the technology curve, but you know, like, right. you know, close that technology gap mm-hmm. and help them with an editorial calendar, you know, so that they can um, do time management. In fact, I can get it down to 20 minutes a day. I can, okay. You know, I can help them with all those things. 
But if they don't have the commitment or the the willingness, mm-hmm. then it, it won't work. Yeah, and that's really, it's probably not a good use of your time to even try to get those people to the point um, where they're ready to try social media because it's going to be one of those, we'll try it for three months, and if it doesn't work, see, we said we tried it, you know. So I can imagine it's a mountain to climb with some people. Yes, and I'm learning. Yes, it's it's. I know it's a difficult to get buy-in in that area when people are dead set against it or even don't even know why why they need to do it so um, and to so many people do it badly that they don't get anything out of it and then you wonder you know well it's no wonder that they're not real hung up on social media because they haven't seen it do anything for their business so now let me ask you this in your career your business life have you had any sort of a business coach or mentor and what kind of things have you learned from them as you have Oh, I have had many business coaches and mentors. So, in, in a lot of different areas. So, because there's different facets of my business, uh-huh. I've had to ascertain relationships with various people on different topics. So okay. In the beginning, I relied heavily on my business coach over at the score. Uh huh. Familiar with them? And the, the SBA? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And um, Catherine Myers was her name, or is her name. She's still around. <laughs> um, <laughs> and one to two times a month, we'd get together, and whatever I had um, worked on and, you know, where I wanted to go, whether I was working on my business plan or um, working on my website, she was more there for accountability. So she gave advice, and um, she's, you know, um, was a business owner for many years, but she was able to um, give me honest opinions about what, where I should focus because I'm tend to be kind of a big picture thinker, and she's uh-huh. you need to focus on this thing first, you know. So she was um, really helpful. But outside of that, <clears throat> I've also had um, I have a mentor in the journalism field because I'm a freelance okay. journalist. Also, and okay. she's get, she's been super helpful in connecting with local businesses and local organizations to get the education piece out about social media. I see. So she created, I think, three different opportunities for me to come and speak um, to audiences about social media, and then those opportunities um, yielded a few more opportunities. Mm-hmm. So my first year, I started at the end of 2012. Uh-huh. Um, I think I had three or four speaking engagements. And in 2013, I had 15. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's good if I can get a group of people in the room that <laughs> you know, just wanting to hear more about it. Yes. Now, yes. I'm still generating traffic or generating business from those talks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So every each coach has kind of had their own little track that you've worked with them on, and you've gotten completely different things uh, as a result from both of those relationships. Yeah. And I have technology wow. coach even. Okay. So you're definitely investing in yourself and uh, utilizing people that are a little further down the road. Yes. Yeah. Now, can you tell us, have there been any, as you've kind of, you know, migrated from – 
freelance writer and setting up your own business and that sort of thing, have you had any failures or even any obstacles along the way that you've really learned a valuable lesson from that you could share that maybe other entrepreneurs can learn from as well? You mean today or all the... All... <laughs> I would say the most, the one that was most impactful. <laughs> I know. I'm like you. It's like, which one today? Yeah, I, I've had them all the time. So. <laughs> yeah, so um, I tend not to think of it quite in the same way anymore. At first, it was if something didn't, you know, if I um, put a proposal out and someone didn't accept it, I felt, oh, my word, I failed, you know. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Everything comes crashing down around you. Yeah. And, you know, it awfulized. And I think the biggest success now is is not even seeing the failure, like not taking time to just absorb a failure. It's just like, OK, some things work and some things don't. But um, the uh-huh. biggest curve or obstacle that I've had to navigate and still navigating is moving from or trying to separate my kind of community um, helper mentality, uh-huh. um, separate that from, you know, what I know is sound business practices. Okay. So, you know, I've taken, face, you know, requests by Facebook inbox at 1230 in the morning. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> wow. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, text at six o'clock in the morning and you know uh I spent New Year's Day five hours with the client for a personal issue so so and that's part of my personal nature Uh um I think I'm having at least in the last few months I've noticed um kind of a turning point Uh keeping boundaries Okay. Over, you know, this is time. These are times that I'm at work. These are times that I'm not. This is, you know, within the scope. Sure. <clears throat> so being really clear. So. Well, and I think, you know, I hear from a lot of business owners, especially when they're seeming to be newer or, or trying to gain uh, footing and getting some traction with their business. Many times they've they come back and say, it was really hard to say no or figure out what to say no to. And even to say no to anything in the beginning because you're just so grateful for any opportunity that comes your way that you just say yes to everything. And before you know it, you've gotten overwhelmed in all these things that probably aren't adding to your business, you know, and especially when you're talking about speaking engagements where you're doing all these speaking engagements for free. Well, there's a certain amount of that, but you need to do to get, you know, to kind of do your time and pay your dues before you start charging. You know, if you get in that habit, you get to the point where it's very difficult to say no and have those boundaries. And I think that is a common struggle for entrepreneurs and it seems like especially for women too because we tend to be the ones that say yes to everything and we accept any challenge that comes along and we'll you know we'll we'll do it we'll we don't mind proving ourselves and before you know it we've devalued what our services are so I completely agree with that yeah you said it very well yeah the the whole devaluing and then Mm -hmm. um because once you sit and talk with somebody off off the clock, non-billable hours for three hours, 
Right. Then it's hard to come back. <laughs> yes, it is hard to come back and build. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Really is. So tell us at this point in your career, what is the business accomplishment that you've had that you're most proud of? Now, so you're supposed to say, you mean which one today, right? Just like the failure. I mean, yeah, this is a business accomplishment, talking to you in South Carolina. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've got to have something better than that. <laughs> because, yeah, because so, <clears throat> personal, so even though it's all business, personally, I would say my biggest accomplishment is um, I have a few a few clients that have taken um, what I've done and I see them growing ah, yeah I just yeah. see them growing and I really you know really just appreciate being a part of that process sure their success is definitely something to be proud of when you know you played a role in that right so I um, last year um, in April uh, one of my clients is actually a publisher and a small press and I helped with a literary a literary event uh -huh. and so I helped with a, like a jump start uh -huh. two of <clears throat> two of their new poets and both of them have just done really well oh good yeah I can't keep up with one of them <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic, though. That's a good, I cannot good keep up with her. She's, I just, I'm just seeing notifications and emails, and she's, she's been asked to come here and asked to speak there. You know? Wow. She's doing really well. She's yeah. She's her that's third print of the book, I believe. Oh goodness! Well, that's when you when somebody is in gets in demand like that. Obviously, you know their message has gotten out, and probably a big part of their message getting out is what they've done through social media. And this is from somebody, I mean, she had a personal Facebook profile and email. That was it. And now she's just all over online, you know. And, um, in fact, to the point where she, she texted me and said, you know what, I think I have it from here. Like, she's enjoying it now. Wow. Hey, boy. That's good, yeah. It's like you give them, give them the ability to walk, and next thing you know, they're running. So yeah. that's fantastic. Now, whenever you're dealing with the small businesses and the local businesses that you deal with, mm -hmm. what type of marketing strategies, especially in the social media arena, are you seeing be particularly effective for them right now? I think people that have a storefront, uh -huh. you know, that you know, actually the physical storefront, Sure. I'm seeing Google uh, being a major role. So okay, um, because it's mobile compatible, um, it automatically logs your address. You know, you can just might can easily click and um, you know type in, or, or all they have to do is point and click, uh -huh. and um, dial you right from their phone, um, or see the address, get directions, all that. That's all, you know, driven by Google Plus. Mm -hmm. So helps with, uh, you know, search ranking. I also see um, storefronts really benefiting from just just being out there, just, you know, just having something physical at the store that attaches them to online. So one business um, has, you know, if you mention 
you know, whatever the word of the day was, mm-hmm. then then you'll get like a, a X amount of percent off of your lunch, you know. Oh yeah. Connecting the so some way to connect the social media to the physical storefront. Right. So there's some kind of incentive. Well, not just, you know, incentive for the customer, but at the same time, the business owner also realizes what their reach is on social media. Whenever somebody comes in and, you know, has that information that, you know, they had to get from your social media. Absolutely. Yeah. So and also Facebook is because a lot of people just aren't that sophisticated. So like I love Instagram and Pinterest and Learnist and, you know, all of all of it. But um, a lot of people just aren't that sophisticated, uh-huh. a lot of business, you know, consumers. So uh, being where they are, so they're on Facebook. So just kind of having, uh, you know, just a, a business page um, helps storefront. Now, people that don't have a storefront, um, I'm seeing them, just, you know, really benefit from groups. Uh-huh. Yeah. So no matter where where you are, on social, well, any major social media. So that's the big four are Twitter, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, and um, Pinterest. Okay. So, um, of course, Google is kind of its own thing. Yeah. If you're on those, then um, each of those has a way to make groups. Okay. List, and people like to be included. I mean, that's just human nature. Mm-hmm. So... If you, I think, I remember how I felt when it was something called, what was it called? Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor News Readers or something, like something silly. But uh huh. I said, oh, my word, somebody included me on their list. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. you know, you're this elite 27, you know, people. And maybe only 27 people even follow it, but it's just the point I'm included on this list is, and so I, every time this person tweets me his little newsletter, I retweet it, you know. Okay. Still an allegiance there because, you know, he included me on his list. Yes. You know, so you were selected. in the group, if, especially if you don't have a storefront. Even if you do, it's great, but if you don't have a storefront. Well, and I think so many local businesses are... They're kind of torn because, number one, they're overwhelmed by all the channels for social media. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of torn because they somehow there's this pressure that they feel like they need to be on all of them. And, <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, so that, that really creates an issue. Um, but at the same time, when they, if they really look at where their customers were, yeah. And are their customers using Facebook or are their customers using Twitter or Pinterest or, you know, if they figured out where their customers are and only focused on that channel, that would be so much more effective than trying to be on every channel in case somebody happened to be on there that was a potential customer. Would you agree with that? Well, that's exactly the, that's exactly how I build my strategies. So everything is customer driven. I use, mm-hmm. um, the it's actually a whole concept called client first uh-huh. and so that's how I, that's how I build all strategies is don't worry about you attracting people to where you are you yes. where the action is <laughs> exactly let me ask you this so what if if you are a business and you don't know let's just say you don't know 
what social media you're not really on social media and you want to get on social media what is the best way for that business to find out where their customers are do you have to go through a formal customer survey process or are there other ways that you could find out well um i i tend to um know you know are able to to help them through that process that's part of mm-hmm. um what i take them through and the strategy and a very general uh-huh. general answer to that would be is listen so okay. get on so um the tendency is to start in from the gate like you join a social media like you start up your account your profile and you friend people and you tell you know you start mm-hmm. you know, i say backtrack just get on there don't friend you know friend anybody just kind of listen especially on places like twitter it's very, uh-huh. easy, it's very easy to listen so um, one way that you listen online is by watching the trending topic. Mm-hmm. So, and you can play around with that. So look at what's trending in your particular city. Okay. The city, but then also see what's trending um, in other cities or states that may be a stakeholder, or in the U.S. in general, or in the world. You see what I mean? Uh-huh. And, yeah. And watch those trends and, and, and you kinda get a a feel for what about what you do is relevant to any of those things. Gotcha. You don't, okay. You don't wanna be a fad you, you know, so you don't wanna comment on every time Justin Bieber goes to jail, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there you know but there um are a lot of ways that you can connect to either pop culture or political culture, you know, in a very kind of innocuous way. Right, um, right. Or also listen to what people care about as far as dates. Mm-hmm. So you may not celebrate Sweetest Day or okay. Valentine's Day, but maybe your clients do. Okay. So maybe that's, you know, something that's rolled into your marketing strategy. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good good ideas and good tips there. I appreciate you kind of giving us a little guidance because there might be some people that are in a situation where they want to get started and don't want to know where their customers are. And finding out is critical before you even get on any kind of platform. So now for your business. Um, oh, one thing I wanted to add. Sure, go sometimes, ahead. Sometimes you can just ask, though. True. Like, so, I mean, it could be something, you know, a lot of, businesses have a sign-up sheet where you you know it says would you like to hear more for us and they have it near the front and it's an email list you know uh-huh uh, just an extension of that would be are you on facebook you know just pick two or three social media channels and they can just do a check mark on the ones they're on sure yeah and yeah that is something that's very simple that gathering that data and it probably wouldn't take a lot of customers giving you that information before you would begin to have enough of a slice of your, you know, database, so to speak, to ascertain what's going to be the best uh, investment of your time. Absolutely. So even if you only got, you know, 20 of your customers to answer that one question, you would probably have enough information to get started. Exactly. So, Leslie, tell us for your business right now, um, 
what type of performance metrics or performance indicators are you measuring for your business and why do you feel like those are important for you? So, um, so I have qualitative and um, quantitative kind of metrics. And so quantitative is just, you know, um, our, you know, customers coming back, how many, you know, how many calls, you know, how many times is my phone ringing? Right. So I I, kind of keep a general tab on that and, you know, am I getting leads? I can't make every lead a customer or a client because everybody's not a fit. But, um, you know, if I'm seeing gaps in, you know, kind of no new new information seeking, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I need to kind of <laughs> recalibrate here. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So you're making adjustments based on what you're seeing happen. Yeah, I'm still I, yeah, I'm still very flexible. I I keep myself flexible and I also encourage my clients to keep themselves flexible too. That is the the number one advantage to a small business is that you are nimble and flexible. You don't have to stick to your boardroom goals. Yes, yes. So um, also a metric that I use, that I use, you know, the the hard stuff like uh, Google Analytics and yeah, and I um, <clears throat> keep a spreadsheet. But then I also um, I also take note of the types of questions people are asking. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I'm working on my website right now because I've received a few questions that makes me feel like people are confused about a couple of things. So I'm like, okay, I'm not conveying what I do the way I want to. I got you. And you and you can tell because people are asking questions that you probably already thought your information answered. Yeah, I thought we were clear. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny how that works? It's like, really? What part of this is not clear? But it is so amazing sometimes that our perception of what we're communicating is actually so different than what the customer is picking up yeah. by getting that. I'm always amazed by that, but I hear it and see it over and over again. So you're not the only one, trust me, on that. So let me ask you this, as you kind of look back over the course of your career and where you are and where you've come from and where you're going, um, is there anything that if you had the chance to go back and redo or change that you would do differently? One is while I was working a traditional job, uh-huh. I had, a, you know, side things going on and I, um, that's when I I worked as a paid blogger to the side, and mm-hmm. um, I wish I had worked on the things that look more kind of pre-work and um, business um, business preparation ahead of time. So um, things like uh, going for investment and um, you know having you know having some sort of startup funding and uh uh-huh. um yeah i think though you know and ha- and having um having a clear having it clear in my mind you know what i won't do 
because I, you know, like you, we were talking about before, where it's like, oh, yeah, sure, you, you want me to do that, I'll do it. It's something that I do. But, you know, being really focused on what things I do the best. Mm-hmm. So I think that I would do that differently because it, I, I was, um, I got a little bit sidetracked at first because, um, like, I have, I do event coordination. I mean, that's, you know, I have a background in that, but that's not part of my business. And so, oh, okay. It, yeah, it's not an essential part of my business. And I got involved, for instance, in a huge grand opening and it took away time and it sucked the business from other clients, you know, because it was a you know, huge thing and I didn't have the resources. It takes, you have to have money to put on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, it was a, it was a really bad move, but I think that, um, you know, having that, that goal and like, okay, this is what I can do. This is what I can't do. Um, I've yeah. done that differently. And that also, um, I probably would have, I don't know. I think, I think that would be my biggest thing is that okay. I would have just thought about it. It, I thought I was prepared, but I wasn't quite prepared enough. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. things you look, look back and see whenever you have a chance to reflect or kind mm-hmm. of eye opening. Mm-hmm. Now, as you are out and about and dealing with local businesses, one of the things that we like to ask are the business owners that we talk to is that you see everything that's going on in your local business community. And we wanted to know if you had identified any holes in the market in your local business community. In other words, are there products or services that you as a business owner or even as a consumer would love to get locally and source them locally in your area, but you just can't find them? Um, We're trying to help people that would hopefully want to open a business and try to find their niche. We're trying to give them ideas. One of the things that that um, I I run into a lot of problems is I, I have a I have a home and it's at that point you know where things are <laughs> you know starting to need to be replaced. Sure. I often feel like there's no trust or I don't know who to call. You know. Yes. Get uh-huh. things fixed like a, a handyman kind of service. Yeah. I think I. Maybe that's selfish. Yes. Maybe that's selfish of me, but you know, some no, it's, not come and redo all my plumbing, but just help me fix my dishwasher. So. Right. Yeah, and no, and I think I think that what you're what you're saying is echoed in a lot of communities because I know um, it's it's hard for whatever reason in the service industry, um, especially when you talk about home type services that people offer. It is hard to ascertain someone's reputation um, because in some of those industries they're they're fraught with uh, a little bit of distrust um, maybe a little bit of of scamming type you know uh, going on and and it's hard because you're you you want somebody that you can trust and at the same time if you don't know where to find those people every person that you call is really a trial and error type situation, you know, and you could end up with a good experience or a bad experience or something fixed and you had a great time or something worse off and now you've got to invest more money. And I think that's where a lot of homeowners, um, they they end up delaying fixing a lot of things just because 
they don't want to dip into all that. You know, it's a, a tough thing to step into. I'd also like to see, and this is, I don't even, I haven't even seen this business, so I don't even know if it exists, but somewhere where you can go, this is so odd, but you can just go and have lunch and just sit and have, like bring your own lunch or whatever and maybe pay a couple dollars for space, kind of like a common. Oh, okay. Um, I see. There are, we have a lot of, uh, entrepreneurs, people like me that are just business people that are, are and professionals that are kind of floating around. And, you know, I, I, I have a home office, but I also work a lot at local coffee shops. And I see mm-hmm. a lot of suits, you know, trying to conduct business, you know, while the espresso machine is going on. And it's right. nice to have, you know, just a space. There used to be a commons area um, that the local newspaper had open. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh-huh. And, you know, you'd pay for your little coffee and stuff. I mean, just a plain coffee maker and right. cup. But that worked out really well. But they, you know, closed that space. But, you know, something like that. And I think there are a lot of trends in some cities of that um, that multi-use space or that co, co-office co type kind of spaces where you can, you know, if you need to hold a meeting, you can grab a room and hold a meeting. Or if you just, you're a, um, a solopreneur that really needs to get out of the house, but you don't want to pay for an office and you can go mm-hmm. and work and that sort of thing. So I think that trend is starting to pick up. Maybe in some of the bigger cities, it'll take a while to get to some of the smaller cities, but I know it's out there in some places. Yeah. So so tell me what the favorite tool that you have in the day-to-day running of your business is. I would probably say Hootsuite. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you use that. You Is that what you recommend um, as a uh, app that runs, would, would do all the management of social media for your clients? Is that what you... The yes and no. One you yes recommend? and no. Okay. So... so um, even though I could do everything from Hootsuite, I like to actually go on that particular platform and just, you know, put my fingers in the dirt. Like, so I want to okay. see what's going on. Listen, you lose. Hootsuite is a way to talk. It's uh-huh. the best tool to listen. I see. But for me, it works because I'm on a number of sites and I also manage other people's uh-huh. pages. And so I can... Across what looks like a dashboard, I mm-hmm. can see activity on you know six to eight sites at a time. I see. So so Hootsuite is great for pushing content to those websites, but it's not necessarily great for customer engagement. Correct. Okay, great. So um, one of the things that I like to do before I get off the phone or get off the call with any business owner is just as a, a repayment for the information that you've shared and the time that you spend with us and all the tips that you've given us and the the strategies that you've kind of laid out for how people should start their social media campaigns and and their digital presence. Um, I like to give you an opportunity to promote anything you would like to with your business online. I think it's only fair in exchange for <laughs> for your time and your expertise. So what do you have going on in your business that we would like to share with our list- listeners today? Um, so <clears throat> I have two cookies. Uh, two cookies. One is uh, it's spring cleaning. Okay. So <laughs> spring cleaning for your marketing plan, too. And so I have 
Um, I am in the process of reworking my pricing schedule. So Mm -hmm. a couple of things went down and a couple of things, you know, were adjusted up. Mm -hmm. But um, in that process, or until that happens, I the things that have been adjusted up, I'm not making those effective until um, until summer. Okay. So so there's kind of a little gap. So you get the the benefit of the things that went down in price, but not <laughs> wait. I see. Uh, yeah. So um, I have <clears throat> perfect um, professional time and strategy um, development that I'm, you know, everything starts with a strategy. Mm-hmm. So that's 195. Okay. And that is a three-part process. And with that, you could completely, you know, either start your digital presence or um, redirect it. Okay. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, really looking, looking for clients that are committed this spring. Uh-huh. Second thing is I always try to um, connect with the communities and, you know, I'm a writer and a poet. So this is National Poetry Month. Oh, yeah. I am sponsoring um, a couple of events and the one has already happened. And the other one is this coming Thursday at Bookbound Bookstore uh-huh. on Plymouth Road in Ann Arbor. And okay. The open mic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Excellent. Now, what I wanted to also do is in the show notes of all these podcasts, I link up to where people can find you online so that people, if they're on the website listening to the podcast, they can just click the link and head straight to your website or your Facebook or anything like that. So can you tell us all of those places that we can find you online? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you a few (laughs) Okay, yeah, I'm sure your your digital footprint is probably much better than many of ours. So, <laughs> so, so um, my website is www.lesgo4it.com. So it's letsgofor.it.com, but I just okay. don't write out the number four. Um, okay. And then um, my you can see, you know, just kind of general what's going, you know, general description as well as my blog from there. Now I have an additional sort of um, entrepreneur or solopreneur blog, uh-huh. True Story Six, um, True Story, and that's com. But the true does not have an e, so T R U S T O R Y Success dot com. Um, my Facebook page is facebook dot com slash Let's Go Social, altogether L E S G O S O C-I-A-L. Okay. On Twitter, um, my handle is Let's Go For It. So it's twitter.com slash Let's Go For It, you know, with the numeral four. Yeah. On LinkedIn, I'm uh, uh, linkedin.com slash Let's Go. And there's also a brand page there as well. On Pinterest, I'm pinterest.com slash Let's Go For It. Okay. And I have um, a board that's just for social media. And I also have a board um, through a partnership I have with um, called the Social Media Learning Lab. And, oh, okay. and I collaborate with the, another uh, social media 
um, person, Deb Nystrom. And <clears throat> I'm also on Scoop It under Let's Go For It. And um, I'm also on Stumble Upon. Okay. So that's Stumble Upon, you know, Let's Go For It. For all the um, sort of orgs or community, you know, grassroots kind of people, I'm on Care Too. And just under Leslie McGraw and People Movers. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And um, Change.org, of course. I have a Tumblr. <laughs> wow. You've got you've got your social media and websites covered, definitely. Where can we find you? Um, what's your Tumblr? Um, my, actually, my Tumblr is my poetry outlet. So that's okay. my poetry altogether. Okay, and it's what? What was the word on it? Tumblr. Oh, t- um, Tumblr is spelled T U M B L R, and then uh huh. Um, my handle or whatever is Life by Poetry. Life. Okay. I F E B Y Poetry. Gotcha. Okay. I, I couldn't hear what it was, oh, and I thought yeah. it said splice, and I'm like, I'm sure that's not what it really is. And I'm <laughs> so. sure my cold is not helping me. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I will do is I will link up on all of these um, places where people can find you because it might be that someone needs to reach out and um, take advantage of some of your services or just connect with you um, on some way um, to help with their business and uh, see what you can do with them for social media. And Leslie, I appreciate so much you spending time with us today and giving us so many um, actionable things that people can actually do right now to get their social media under control or get their arms around it just a little bit um, to try to help starting to build that online community for their businesses. So I can't thank you enough. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Oh, I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Christy. Localist, I need your help. If you've appreciated this podcast today, I need you to go to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, tell us what you think about the podcast. It is so important for us to expand our reach to be able to have those iTunes ratings and reviews. That way, other people can find us much easier whenever they're looking for things about local brick and mortar businesses. So go to iTunes, leave us a review, leave us a rating. You cannot imagine how important it is to us. You can find show notes to everything we discussed in this podcast on our website. So go there. It's www.brickandmortarreporter.com. You can see all the links to anything we discussed. And also you can leave us any comments or any questions that you have. It's the best way to get in touch with us. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local. 